0: Hey, chaps. What is today? Thursday. Happy, happy Thursday. Glory. We are alive. God is good. Uh, and today, you know, I'm just feeling, uh, you know, if I didn't know anything else was going on around in the world. John Terry, how's brother Rob? You guys are beating me onto the chat yeah? It's just phenomenal. Getting my, I don't know how many of you guys, uh, As addicted to the bean as I am, but uh, apparently, there's some benefits to your mind when you get old, so it is what it is. But yeah, I was just thinking through, you know, if I didn't, you know, go back to I don't know 1980, go back to to, 2000, go back to your childhood, you know. DVD, how's it, brother? Not an addiction until you try to quit. (laughs) Hilarious. That's right. It's all in the frame. We're learning. We're learning things here. Alrighty. So go back to your childhood when there was no social media. There was no. uh, There was no adult requirement uh, of watching CNN. You know, I would remember uh, even in Africa we had CNN. It was the choice choice garbage uh, of of the American empire abroad. But there would be that deep Darth Vader voice of like, this is CNN, and uh, and like you couldn't care as a youngster, you know, you really couldn't care, you're like, I'm either going outside and climbing trees and playing in the mud and making imaginary army battles uh, or eventually when computer games caught on like, I'm playing computer games, screw all this stuff. Uh my teachers, for the most part, were, uh, it was all about sport. That was all we really cared about as youngsters. And so, you you know, we lived this very locally focused life. My whole life revolved around my home, my family, uh, my friends and their homes and school. Um, you know, and occasionally, maybe like, you know, once, once or twice during the summer, we'd all go down to the beach uh, and go swimming in the waves uh maybe we would go uh, once a year in the winter uh we would all go on a family holiday somewhere you know that that was that was the scope of my life uh my dad on the other hand was a avid newspaper uh reader he uh, in our lounge what you Americans call the living room in our lounge we had uh like a leather uh Couch or sofa, uh, and we had my dad's little. His he had his own chair with a a coffee table in front of it, uh, and then obviously the TV in the corner. But he would have his newspapers, and he'd be smoking his ciggy with his newspapers, and and he would do the the whip it out as he changed. You know, great memories. But anyway, my dad was an avid uh, newspaper reader, and so you know, I think a lot. And he was very involved politically. You know, he was a what Americans would understand as like a state, uh, your state congressman or representative, whatever, uh, and local mayor and town council. And, you know, he was involved in all of that kind of stuff. And uh, I think a lot of his stress, because he, he he obviously smoked and he would have his evening uh, brandy and Coke. Uh, but I think my dad was a very stressed out guy when it came to the uncontrollability of douche politicians and their evil machinations. And, um, you know, we weren't Christians growing up. My dad was, was probably just an agnostic, you know, he would have considered himself a Christian. Um, but he never went, we never, as a family, never went to church or anything. And so the framing that we get from the outside, it was, was totally through the newspaper. And, You know, you look at that, at the role of the church now as a Christian, you know, I'm like, wow, like this is a frame setting organization. And and this is now YouTube, right? And social media. It's all about frame. It's setting frame, you know, and and a lot of people are baffled and they're like, Why are the kids so anxious nowadays. Why are the kids so depressed? Why are they nihilistic? Why are uh, white boys despairing and deaths of despair and suicide and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because life's no longer about playing outside with your friends or at their house or whatever. It's like now we're, con- we're, we're we're sucked in, we're glued in to an outside context, a context outside of our control. We have no way to escape. We have no way to shut it all out. You know, as a youngster, if I wanted to escape, like if my parents were angry at me or if I'd had a bad day or, you know, whatever that looked like, um, I can't really remember many bad days, but... but yeah, piano lessons. I hated piano lessons. And so I would go and hide in the corn uh, field. You know, when the corn crop is up and you can go and, and the neighbor's cornfield, I would run in there and hide for half an hour and miss my piano lesson. And horse riding lessons, I would go and I would hide in the, we had these like storage sheds and I'd go and hide in the storage sheds for half an hour. Um, or I would go and climb a tree and just, you know, there, there was times where I would spend the whole afternoon just sitting in the top of a tree looking. And thinking and imagining and you know kids don't have that nowadays and you know even for us as as men it's like we still need that time you know i think a lot of guys you know that famous uh painting of that guy with his walking stick up on a precipice overlooking the clouds uh you know we need that philosophical time of of zoning out and just looking deep into nature and being uh, alone and, and escaping the trappings of uh, our our world is there a safe space i can go to is there a is there a place i can just go where no one can reach me and i can just think and i can just i can just breathe looks like i'm uh disconnected here let's just wait for this to connect there we go <laughs> rob the further the distance from you uh and the event or news the less time sensitive it is for you to have situational awareness of it Explain that a bit for, I think I know what you mean, but just explain that a bit more for me in the, in the comment there. But so as Christians, we, um, we take our direction, not from newspapers. Uh, we take our direction, not from associations or clubs. Uh, believe it or not, we, we, we don't even take our direction from churches. We take our direction from the word of God, right? And when you have a frame, you know, for instance, propaganda. The 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 way that militaries want to win their wars is without blood, right? It's it's propaganda. How do we how do we win how do we strike terror into the hearts of our enemies so that they don't even arrive to fight, that they surrender, right? You know, so one of the ways we see in the past is if you capture a city, you you destroy everyone, you murder everyone except for one person and you let them run away. Right? And he goes and tells all the next cities: if you don't surrender, they're just gonna come in and murder everyone. And it's like terror into your hearts. You know, so you see that with the 12 spies when the Israelites are coming out of Egypt and going through the desert and they get to the promised land. Great metaphor, you know, a really easy metaphor, but we don't we don't dig into it enough. They send 12 spies. The Israelites send 12 spies into the land, the promised land, to spy it out and to see. Uh, how they should go in and cuz the lord said I'm taking you in so they send out 12 spies to to in their own worldly way figure out what is the best way to to invade and attack and and take possession and this is the role of the journalist right the role of the journalist is to go out into the the unknown you know cuz we don't know what's out there we don't know what's outside of our local Life outside of our, our local area. And so the journalist says, I will go out for you and spy the land. And so the 12, the 12 journalists come back, and two of the journalists are like, Chaps, it's on. It's bloody on. Check the size of this grape, check the size of this fig. There's there's just just fruit and milk and honey everywhere you look, and the people are trembling. The people are so afraid of us that all we need to do is show up. And then the 10 journalists are like, yeah, there's bloody giants out there. And, uh, you know, the, I, we, we can't do it. We're not able. Uh, and it says about, it says about them that they turned back in their own hearts. They shrunk in their own hearts. They believed the propaganda. They believed the lying journalists and, and afraid. Just live in our current, uh, day-to-day, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like, uh, purgatory, if you want to call it that, the desert space, you know? And, and so, so for us as Christians, we have to be very careful about what frame are accepting, you know? Cause, cause very few of us type people, you know, a visionary type guy is someone who, who he doesn't let his frame fold. In fact, he puts frame on other people. He folds other people's frames and puts them into his, and and you know not many of us have that ability, that that power of will and that power of confidence, you know, and so we have to be very aware. We have to gatekeep what we are seeing and hearing uh, from the people around us, from uh, our 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 screens. And so for us, when we get to, to Psalm 37, you know, this is such a, it's such an amazing frame setting thing, right? It's basically, we are constantly under barrage of you're cursed. You know, it's it's the journalist in the tree, the journalist in the garden. You know, Scott, did God really say he loves you? Did Scott really say he would, did Scott, did God really say he would provide for you? Did God really say he would protect you? Did God really say that you've won the the war. Did God really say this is your promised land? Did God really say he'll take you in and defeat them for you? Did God really say? And it's like, well, no, like, you know, probably not. You know, he probably didn't say. And then we turn back in our hearts and we shrink. We, we, we have terror in our hearts. Psalm 37 says, Do not fret because of evildoers. You know, that's it's like if you had to have one, you know, a lot of guys say, like, yes, I just wish the Lord would speak to me. It's like so Psalm 37. Verse 1, do not fret because of evildoers. You could pretty much solve every Christian's anxiety and depression and despair and nihilism if we believed uh, God's word for us. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, a lot of guys are also like, you know, I'm I'm fretting, I'm freaked out, you know, I'm outraged or I'm folding. And, you know, on the other hand, also like, what am I supposed to do with my life? What, what, what must I do? Uh, you know, it's like, trust in the Lord. Do good. You know, we have a thing called a conscience that is calibrated to our frame. You know, so... Our conscience can change. Uh, we can we can clean our conscience uh, and mirror it to the word. That's why it's important to read the Bible, right? Because if you've been brought up, an easy one is white people are bad. White people are bad. White people are bad. White people are bad. And it's like your conscience. If you accept if you accept that frame, your conscience is going to say, maybe I am bad. You know they they you know so many people are saying this and. And maybe they're right, and so your conscience starts shaping to that, and so you have self hatred, you have self guilt, you have self shame, you know, and and you you start you start living out of that. You start, I am cursed, you know. They do deserve to kill us because we were we were my ancestors were bad, and and living this out, and that becomes your uh, your do when you go out and you're like, I'm confident because God loves me. I have no shame, no guilt. I'm forgiven of any uh, sin nature. And I'm I'm a sun king. I'm the image of God here. And so I'm going to go out confidently. My conscience is going to be very different to a woke, you know, 23-year-old girl who's gone through 17 years of indoctrination into she is bad, she is guilty, she is terrible. And so the things we do are going to change because when I, you know, let's say I am about to make a decision, my conscience will say, yep. Or nope, don't do it. That's what it means to do good, right? I do good because my conscience is telling me this is what God, this is what would please God, right? And same way for an indoctrinated NPC normie, their their consciences are so seared, are so abused that they are victims to a false God. You know, they're victims to uh, sin and shame and guilt. <clears throat> Rob, the painting is Wanderer above the sea of fog. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that painting. And, and you know, a really uh, powerful meme. Someone went and put. Remember Sky King, uh, that kid in in Washington who who was a baggage handler and he uh, took the plane for a joyride. And and someone put that Sky King plane above the the mist and the fog. So the guy who was contemplating Wanderer above the the sea of fog, and and then the meaning the meaning of life because that that Sky King episode was really a, a, a display in uh, nihilism and despair of the white man in America. You know, this, this young guy obviously had such nihilism of the purposelessness of life, the meaninglessness of life, because he didn't know God loved him. He didn't know that God made him in his image uh, and wants to bless him, not curse him. You know, that's the nihilism uh, part is God has abandoned us, or God doesn't exist, and there's no point in all of this. So, so it's so crap that if there's no point, then I'm taking myself out. But if you believe that I'm a sun king, and God is for me, and yes, there's some very real uh, turf warfare to, to take dominion over, then life becomes exciting. And then on the despair part, despair comes from powerlessness, from victimhood, right? And it's like, I'm powerless against all these crazy crap stories. They keep just shoveling on me. You know, I'm powerless against Jeff Bezos. I'm powerless against Bill Gates. I'm powerless against, you know, all the, the, the just insane amounts of, of, uh, discouragement, demoralization propaganda they push on us, right? Because we are there, we are the enemy of powers in high places that, you know, they're trying to destroy our identity, you know? And so that, that. That whole Sky King thing, he was so close. He was so close to getting it right. You know, in Bronze Age Pervert's book, he, he talks about the, the antidote to nihilism and despair being danger and adventure. You know, go on these crazy adventures, do dangerous things. Uh, and he did. But it ended in suicide, not in life, in fruitfulness and multiplication. You know, and so that's the frame change that that we're, we're hitting on here. <clears throat> Andrew Quinn, how's it, brother? DVG, that's why Paul talks about strengthening your conscience, making it stronger. Yep. Feeling guilty about fewer things. Yep. Rob, priority of situational awareness of news should be sorted by proximity. Local information is important. What's happening in D.C. is not important for constant interaction. Exactly. You know, and that's it. We don't even know what's going on in our local towns. You know, we don't know the sheriff's name. We don't know the mayor's name. We don't know the ta- who's on the town council. We don't know uh, who all th- the school teachers are and we don't know who uh, the coffee shop owner is, you know, like, cause I was thinking about it like the four or five places that we go to regularly in our town, you know, like the hardware store, the post office, the coffee shop, uh, the, you know, wh- wherever the, uh, the, the auction place, like wherever the local places you go to, do you know who owns it? Do you know who works there? Do you interact and engage? Cause that's it. We have, you know, a lot of guys are like, man, if I knew uh, Ron DeSantis, or if I knew Tucker Carlson, or if I knew you know, and it's like, what would you do if you knew them? Would you give them a phone call every now and then? Would you drop by for drinks? Uh, would you, what would you do if you were hobnobbing it with the DC elite, you know? Um, but they won't do that in their local town. You know, you won't, you won't take an interest in something that you have access to. You have full access to find out Uh, who all these people are and 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 meet them and and start a relationship with them it's uh pretty amazing so yeah exactly that rob i like what you say they're a priority of of proximity in your news and that's it we have almost zero news in our local area because all of our social media is is global all of our uh hysteria uh rob the sky king was richard bibo russell yep um the weaker the conscience, the easier time Satan has weighing you down in shame. Yeah, and we can strengthen our decision making by keeping a clean conscience, by keeping peace. You know, a lot of guys are, are very—we uh, don't know what our values are. We don't know what God's values are. You know, God's uh, God's kingdom is where He is where his laws are being executed, where his ways are being extended. And if we don't know what those ways are, and not laws, that's it. It's not laws for salvation. You know, that is complete self-righteousness. We are saved by the blood of Jesus. So salvation is 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 done and dusted. That's not a self-righteousness thing, a law, legal thing. When we talk about laws and standards and ways, we're talking about extending dominion. We're talking about discipling nations. We're talking talking about stewarding creation. We're talking about God, your will be done on earth around us as it is in heaven. You know, to pray and say, Oh God, if you would just come back, oh God, if you would just rapture me, oh God, you know, I can't wait for you know this ride to end because there's just hell all around us, God would look at you and be like, repent, young man. You are the steward. You know, if I had to take, if I had to take the car back to the dealership and be like, this bloody thing, just a piece of junk. And the guy's like, "Uh, sir, there's no petrol in, in the, in the, or there's no, you haven't changed the oil in 20,000 miles. It's like, whose fault is that? It's not the dealership. It's not the designer. It's not the creator. It's the driver. And we get the privilege of driving our local area, our local domain. We are Kings and sons to extend the will of heaven onto earth. Right. And so that's why it's so exciting. That's why it's so exciting is because, you know, if we were handed a perfect civilization, you know, in, at the beginning of the decadence phase, like sure, it would be a lot of fun. Sure. It would be, you know, great. Uh, But we would, we would be like, all there is, is this thing of, we are seasoning some cast iron, all this, all we would have is just let's enjoy ourselves. Let's spend all our, uh, all of our wealth on our pleasures. And, and we are not thinking about purpose and meaning. You know, it's very hard for comfortable people to make sacrifices, uh, for significance or meaning. But when you, when you have nothing, when you're cast out into the desert, it's like, all right, Nothing else matters, you know. All the comfort and all the the joys of of uh, leisure mean nothing without legacy and significance and meaning. You know, it's like, what are we actually here for? It really, it really is a, an amazing place we're in as a generation. Alrighty, let me carry on here. <clears throat> Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And he shall bring it to pass. You know, this is a huge thing. A lot of guys trust. They say that they headline. It said something like, yeah, 80% 80 of Christians show no symptoms of following Christ. And it's like, do you trust God enough to look stupid? You know, do you trust God even to your own humiliation and your own harm? You know, that's where Saul messed up. It's where Adam messed up. You know, Adam, God told him, don't eat of this tree. And so Eve is like, I want to eat of this tree, Adam, let's eat this tree. And he's like, instead of to his own humiliation saying, no, we're not going to do that. Or to his own harm saying, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, ah, like this is a, this is too hard for me. I'm not going to trust God at his word. Uh, Saul, right? 30,000 Philistines are about to engage battle. And the Lord's express word to him is wait on the prophet to offer a sacrifice before you engage battle. And he, he's look he's looking like a fool because all of his captains are like hey we need orders let's let's freaking do this what's going on like either we retreat now or we engage now stop stalling like you're stalling you're you're a crap king you're a, a, a stupid general and he can't he can't hold uh, trust in the Lord through that humiliation or through the harm perhaps of 30,000 people coming to kill him he couldn't hold it he couldn't hold trust in the Lord uh, beyond his own humiliation and harm. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. You know, and that's the other thing here, guys freaking out about the justice system. And like, why are we ever going to be in the justice system? And even if we do get pushed into the justice system, it's like, Christ, my my righteousness will, will shine forth as the noonday sun. And then again, it's like a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, if Christ hasn't let you out, he's failed you. And it's like, no, like. Joseph spent quite a few years in prison. David spent quite a few years being chased by a a military force uh, around a desert. Like it's not going to look how we look or how we want it to look. Uh, James and, and Peter constantly in jail. Philip killed, right? Jesus killed. Our notion of what God's justice is isn't always understood by us, but it's, it's, he shall bring forth your righteousness. And that's why we smile in jail. That's why we smile in the desert. That's why we laugh and we feast and we enjoy. You know, I say that about Jonathan. We have to understand. He understood his tragic, tragic, tragedy that he had to live out. He was never going to be king. He was condemned to die cursed because of his father. And even in there, righteous man, bold, brave, laughing, feasting, friendships, just machine, you know? And it's like, we can be the same thing. It's like, We have to come to terms with our own death, chaps. We have to come to terms with living to 95 on a dialysis machine and filled with uh, chemicals from Big Pharma and uh, in a nursing home because your family hates you and watching crap Hollywood TV shows. Like, that's not life. That's not living, you know, but uh, I made it safe and sound to 95 and it's like, you know, that's where, like, we have to come to terms with our own death of an ego death more than anything. We have to come to terms with, I'm okay to be humiliated for trusting in the Lord, for for keeping clean conscience. So let's carry on. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, Saul. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. And Forsake wrath, you know, the whole thing of like wicked schemes and like oh Bill Gates is gonna it's gonna chip us and the the DNA uh that 23andMe and now they've all got our DNA and they're gonna harvest our organs and you know it's like I did the freaking DNA test, like my they own my DNA, they own my profile, you know? It's like you can't go around putting more trust into evil men's schemes and abilities to to work them out than you do in God's abilities to laugh and destroy the plans of man and to make me elevated, to make me Abraham. Abraham was just a good old Texan cattle rancher minding his own business when his cousin or his uh, nephew gets defeated and captured by four kings, four absolute Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, oligarchal, huge ass kings. And he's like, right, boys, let's get it. And he takes his 300 cattle ranchers, his cowboys, his rough riders, and off he goes because he he knew that he was not subject to the oligarchs, the kings of his day, that God was his shield. God was his provider. And it must be the same for us. And even then, we, we get to that thing of um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of like, uh, even if God doesn't save us, we're... We trust in him. You know, it's ours is not to reason why. Ours is to do and die. And hopefully the Lord comes through for us. And if not, that's Jonathan and his shield bearer. Let's go pick a fight. Maybe the Lord will come through for us. TVG, do you trust God enough to move, to take a step, to trust the anointing will come? Most cool guys in the Bible were in the justice system at some point. Saul disobeyed an explicit black and white command from God. But many Christian men today are scared of disobeying the whispers of Big Eva and journalist Jezebels. Yeah, exactly. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. This is talking about outrage, right? Stop outraging at all the journalists takes. Stop outraging at all these crazy stories. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Who to you? It's causing yourself harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they will inherit the earth. It's talking about dominion. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know, and that whole thing of meek is talking about a, a sword uh, in its scabbard. You know, so it's, it's the ability to, you're not a peaceful guy unless you have the ability to cause great harm. You cannot keep the peace unless you bear the sword. It's a ministry. It's a full-time ministry is the bearer of the sword. And delight yourself in the abundance of peace. The wicked plot against the just and gnash at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him for he sees that his day is coming. And that's it guys. Do we believe that God sees us in secret? And do we believe that God sees all the shenanigans going on? And it's like, yeah, it's telling you right here. God sees and laughs. Like God is laughing, so we should be laughing. Why? Because we're a chip off the old block. Laugh. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. You know, wicked destroy themselves. They eat themselves. You know, they, they, it's that whole thing of like, Oh, Hillary Clinton never got arrested and never got justice. And it's like, do you think her life has been one of daisies and roses and an amazing life? You know, do you think Biden's life is just amazing and roses and he's enjoying the glory of finally becoming president? It's like not a chance, like wouldn't trade a day. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And this is talking about contentment chaps. You know, it's good to be blessed. It's good to have abundance. It's good to be prosperous. You must never fear being a man of God for fear of losing earthly provision, right? God promises to be your provider, but that means stepping through ego death, financial death, uh, real death. We have to be willing, you know, we have to be willing to have little, it's not saying you will in fact god often uh, you know it's it's once you come it's the man who loses his life who gains it but if we're if we're so afraid then those are the people who lose it the lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever they shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied but the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the lord like the splendor of the meadow shall vanish into smoke they shall vanish away you know that's a that's a great a declaration of your of your life and a, and a promise that God will keep for you um, is that we shall not be ashamed in the evil time. What aren't we going to be ashamed of? Trusting the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. You know, Saul was ashamed because he never trusted. He never waited on the Lord uh, in an evil time. DVG, words like racist, sexist, pervert, etc. are the new manacles, the new chains. Yeah, You know, and and it's what comes with those. It's an, it's an ego assassination. It's a, it's a social assassination where we're petrified of being ostracized from popular culture. And so there are words that popular culture uses to let you know that you are displeasing it. And then we're like, no, 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 please, please, please. I'm, I want to please it. I want to please the popular culture. Let me back in, let me back in. So yeah just just to encourage you guys with that frame the lord laughs that's the lord's frame is he's laughing at the wicked he's laughing at the days to come and so that should be our frame you know and and i was thinking about this way of of the overton window that is pushed on us is one of despair nihilism defeat cursed you are cursed you are defeated you are uh in despair and nihilism so why even try and there's no one else you're the only one you know Elijah. Has this amazing encounter with with all these priests of Baal. Defeats them. The the power of God. He trusts God, right? And God comes through for him. And then he runs out into the wilderness afraid of uh, political reprisal. And so he's in a cave and God's like, what the heck are you doing here, dude? Get back out there and be my man. Be my guy. You're my guy. You're my guy. Get back out there. And he's like, Lord, I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. They're killing everyone out there. It's like, that wasn't the truth. It was little journalistic lies, right? So journalists can lie and lie and lie. You know, how much of our history, how much of our news cycle is complete fabrication? And, and maybe sometimes there's some acting involved, uh, you know, and, and a false flag doesn't mean that that it didn't happen. Like people get killed to fabricate news. People lose their businesses to fabricate news. People lose their uh, social Acceptance uh, to fabricate news, you know, the, the news will railroad you to make a false story How much of all of that has never happened, you know, it's it is that whole thing of like chaps in my life right now If I didn't know what was going on and the narrative and all that if I was deaf and I didn't have Social media or news and you told me there's one of the greatest pandemics of all time happening right now, I'd be like, I actually haven't seen a single person die. I haven't seen a single person in my, well, I, I've, I've seen people die. I haven't seen them die of what they're claiming them die of, you know? And so my life is unaffected by this narrative. It's the same thing again with battle, right? If you have 10,000 men, 10,000 soldiers, and you tell them that they are cursed, that the omens, the gods, have decreed that tomorrow you're all going to be massacred, their hearts will, will melt and, and they will flee. They will be massacred. But if you have 300 men and you tell them, chaps, the omens have spoken. God has spoken to me that all you need to do is show up tomorrow and fight. And the Lord will will absolutely bring down the hammer of heaven and smash these 10,000 men into, into just just, just glass the desert. It's like these 300 dudes are out of wrap boys. Tomorrow's plunder day. Like how much plunder are we going to get? Cause the belief is there. We have to believe that we are blessed. And likewise, the, the news media knows that we have to believe that we're cursed. We have to believe that there's no, there's no way out of this. You know, you guys have lost, just put down your weapons. And again, what are our weapons? Our weapons are not, Fed posting. Our weapons are not showing up and storming the capital. Our weapons are morality, economy, family, church, local community. Our weapons are are blocking journalists. Block, 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 block. Blocking journalists. Our weapons are identity of sonship and kingship, of actually doing the work of a king in your local area. When you see a young man who's who's is in shame and believing the zeitgeist. As a king, you say, hey, throw off. That's why Jesus says to us, proclaim the good news to the poor. Uh, bind up the brokenhearted and liberty to the captives. These kids are captive, brokenhearted, and in poverty, right? Poverty of spirit, poverty of mind, poverty of identity, poverty materially. And we are to go to them and be a king and be like, hey, you're not a slave. You're not a victim. You're a son, king. You are the image of God on earth and there is no shame because Jesus Christ's blood has made you clean. There is no guilt. There is no despair. There is no nihilism. There's a a great, you know, that's one of the things with churches. Most of the time these churches are preaching a victim gospel. You know, we're so broken. We're just druggies and prostitutes and Oh God, please save us. And it's like, And it works because, you know, people tell all their testimonies and they're like, yeah, man, I was a druggie and I was a prostitute. And so all these people who are very deeply victimized come and get saved to this victim gospel, right? And you get a a bunch of guys, specifically deltas, who are competent, they're working hard, they've got their crap sorted out. And if you preach this victim gospel to them, they're like, I'm not a victim. I don't need your crutch. What they need is to understand the absolute glory of Jesus Christ, the King who is coming to extend dominion and crush his enemies under his feet. Department of winning. And it's like, this is the winning team. You know, if you preach that gospel, that 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 you are a son king and that you are invited to be a part of a winning team. And it's like, yeah, I want to be around winners. I want to be around men extending dominion. I don't want to be around victims. I don't want to be around petrified soy boys. I want to be around men who are are confident and extending dominion, building wealth, land, power, who are imaging God, King, King Jesus on earth. It's like Delta's like, yeah, you mean I I get to work in that hierarchy? I get to contribute my gift and my talent to a team of great men attempting great things I'm in, where do I sign up? How do I give my life to this king? How do I how do I gain how do I gain brotherhood to this king? His blood? I, I, I must eat his flesh and drink his blood? Okay, I'll do it. And and that's that's a, a, a totally different church. You know, if you go to a church that's predominantly women, I bet you they're preaching a victim gospel. But if you if you go to a church where there's tons of strong men, it's like, okay, there's a winning gospel here. There's a kingship gospel here because the men are not sitting in their victimhood of like, oh, guys, you know, and singing songs like, oh, Jesus, we're just waiting for you. Jesus, we're just we're just waiting for you to come back or we're waiting till we get to heaven or, you know, Jesus, please come help me. And it's like, no, 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 like Christian soldiers onwards as unto war. And it's like, awesome. Like, dudes understand this It's like, yeah, I want a gang. I want, I want territorial dominion. I want brotherhood with strong and great men. I want my gift to make room for me amongst great men. I don't want to be amongst a bunch of victims. I don't want to be am- am- amongst a bunch of soy boys who are given up and waiting on a savior who already saved them. DVG, sometimes only coming to accept the fact you will be called these names allows you to move the Overton window. Yeah, accept lying a little, but keep going to move the Overton window. Preach to the rejects. So yeah, with, with that whole thing of, of name calling it's because we are, are we have something to lose. And when you have something to lose, uh, you are a slave, you know, the reason David was so effective is that he was completely yielded to God. He was completely like, God, my life is yours. If I die, I die. If I live, I live all the glory is yours. You know, Romans 12, it says we are living sacrifices, right? Which means we have put everything on the altar. We put our our family on the altar. We put our wealth on the altar. We put our ego on the altar. We put our hopes and expectations on the altar. We're like, Lord, everything I am is yours. And I trust that you're a good father and that I am the son whom you love and are well pleased with. And I will do anything. I will do anything for you. Then names mean nothing to you, right? Because you've got a, a father calling you names. What is the names he's calling you? Son, whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. King. Absolute based king. Like I'm Jesus is the king of kings. I'm the king that he is king of. Those are the names that Jesus is calling you. And so I couldn't care less what other people are calling me. Because God is my provider. So yeah, if I get fired or lose customers or whatever, sure, it sucks. You know, no one likes no one likes being called names and, and being socially ostracized or rejected. But it's like I'm a king. Which means I, I don't need to be accepted because I'm doing my own mission. I'm doing my own kingdom. I'm doing my own domain. And within that domain, people are going to be attracted to me. People are going to come under my captaincy, my kingship, and we're going to build our own thing. That's going to be better than I could have ever had by being enslaved and cowered to some you know popular culture or some other god. DvG preach to the rejects. Preach to all the deplorables formerly called racist, sexist, bigot, perv, hypocrite. Make them another David's army and moving over to windows. Sign me up. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say it is. It's like the Western white male man is the last unreached people group for the gospel because too many pastors are afraid to preach to them. Preach direct. Go straight to them. Rob, American churches teach a passive role of waiting for someone else to solve any problems. We cannot outsource our God ordained duties. Man needs a mission. Exactly. You know, and that's it. The reason the reason gangs and associations and the army, the reason they work so well of capturing the masculine spirit, of of getting men flocking to them is standards. So standards are a way of getting honor. You know, if we say, you know, here's the, the, in order to be a ranger, you have to stay awake for 42 hours and do a thousand pushups and a thousand mile march and shoot 30 targets and blah, blah, whatever all the standards are. As soon as I put that badge on you, boom, I've put myself, I've put myself out of the, the average man. And I'm now, I, I have honor in the hierarchy that understands what this is. And it's the same way, um, uh, you know, amongst, amongst gangs. It's like, I've got three teardrops for killing three amigos and doing three drug, you know, whatever your gang thing is of like, they have their own system of honor in the hierarchy and a way to achieve honor. And so it's, it's super attractive, you know, even sports teams, right? It's like, I know that if I start on the team and I'm the, the strongest guy or the best guy or whatever, I have honor within that sports team and I score the goals or I do the things, then I am the man of honor. I am the higher up than all the other guys. And it's like, we desire that, we crave that. And it's not bad, it's how God designed us. God designed the system of kingship, the system of being able to build honor amongst men. It says Jesus grew in stature, in honor with God and men. You know, it's through our actions, our identity becoming action. DBG, yes, and until we are strong enough to be called names and keep going, we will not be able to move any Overton windows. Instead, we wait for someone else. Yeah, exactly. And it's always someone else one step outside of our own domain, you know? So waiting for Donald, like that's 10,000 out my domain. Well, okay, waiting for my state senator, that's outside my, okay, well, waiting for the mayor. You know, it's like we're constantly pushing it onto some, you know, even Donald, I bet you right now, Donald, during all of this uh, election crap, was like, oh yeah, I'm going to trust the Supreme Court. I'm going to trust the generals to do something. I'm going to trust the patriots to all come together and do something. It's like, no dude, you needed to make the moves and you didn't because you were waiting for someone else. You know, it it happens for all of us. We, we, We push the responsibility for our domain onto someone else. Rob, the Manabunt allows kith and kin to sort into a natural hierarchy. Who does more is worth more. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. You know, we need to understand, like, who is ours and who isn't. We need this in-group, out-group. We need some way of identifying each other. Uh, DBG, we need a mission in each of our domains organized and deployed by a vanguard of ourselves. Yep, exactly. And that's, you know, that's what's so great, is that once you understand your own calling from the Lord, once you understand your own domain it just takes away all this pressure of having to, to impress everyone else and having to compete against everyone else. Cause it's like, I have such confidence. You know, I used to, I used to struggle a lot with this whole LARPing of like the, the fraud of like, what if someone uh, is better than you at the thing you're trying, you have to seem better or, you know, whatever. Like if you get w- with a bunch of guys, you're always like trying to one up each other. And it's like, just relax, relax. Because we're amongst brothers who have each got our own domain We've each got our own thing and it's like by actually being relaxed, we can actually now figure out how to be brothers and how to push each other into greatness. And you know, like there's always enough, there's always room. It says your gift makes room for you. You know, you don't have to make room for yourself. You don't have to carve out space and push and find the crack. And it's like, God will bring you in. You know, you've got to do the thing, take the steps, work, work on your domain, work on your gift and boom, you'll be brought into, into relationships with other guys who aren't trying to compete with you. They aren't trying to big deck you. They're like, oh yeah, we need you. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd like to be in, in relationship with you because we're going for the same things. We're going in the same direction. It's exciting. Rob, we cannot live through a telescope. If you cannot lead your neighbors, you're not prepared to lead a legion. Yeah. So yeah, chaps, good word today. Just wanted to encourage you with, with Psalm 37 is that God is laughing at all this stuff, you know, and it's, it's a good thing for, for all of us to get into the frame that God is in, you know, what would God do with this news? What would God do with that news? I mean, most of the time God would just be like, I'm not even listening. You know, I don't even, I don't even give it a voice in my life because I couldn't care less. I couldn't care what some journal is concocting and fabricating. You know, if you had to, this would probably be a great tool for all of us. But every time you see a news, a news journal, story, link, headline, tweet, post, say 99%, that's probably a lie. 99%, it's probably a lie. It would completely just free you up from having to be outraged or from having to fold out of fear, you know, just laugh, laugh at these jokers. DBG, how do you suggest we move over to the window in our families and communities? I think number one is confidence. You know, do we have confidence ourselves in, you know, trust and confidence is is interchangeable here. Faith, faithfulness is interchangeable here. Do I believe God's word enough to not fold if someone challenges me on it? And it's okay not to. I mean, we we are all learning. We're learning new, you know, we're, we're constantly learning when we read, we're like, wow, I didn't know this. Or, oh, wow, that's interesting. I haven't seen that before. And so God, you know, it's important for us chaps to be, I find it hard to read my Bible every day. I find it hard to study through the Bible, but get to the point where you're like either listening to a ton of podcasts of people um, who are preaching a good word, who are preaching dominion, who are preaching the blessing of God, who are preaching identity of sonship and kingship. Listen, listen to a lot of that stuff if you find it hard to read. But if you are good at reading and you are good at studying, get into the word for yourself. And become one of the guys who does uh, feed others with with the word. But we have to be getting our frame and our confidence and our trust from the word. So when it comes to changing the window, you know, we have to look back at the times in our life when our windows have been changed. You know, we, we can all feel that time where like, oh yeah, I believe this. And then some guy changed my mind. And now I believe this. My window shifted. My window changed. You know, so for instance, I used to be a Ben Shapiro IDF super fan. You know, that was my frame. That was my window. And it didn't change by having 4chan trolls uh, uh, making, you know, crazy, radical, uh, Zionist um, summaries and whatnot that they do over there. No, it came from just some guy preaching the word. It was like some old Texan preacher who's just preaching just line and verse on identity and sonship identity and sonship identity and sonship and he got to this point and he said i'm more blessed than israel ever was and it was like like that's blasphemy and it's like but this old guy was just so confident because he's like guys i read the bible the bible says that we are abraham's heirs through faith and that means that i am more blessed than israel ever was and like you know, it's just like the confidence and not through shock jocking that, you know, there's a space for shock jocking. There's a space for, for absolutely just pushing the Overton window and then coming back, you know, so putting out something extreme and then dialing it back. <clears throat> but most of us, it's just going to be through, Hey guys, if you're a Christian, because that's it, you're not going to move the Overton window with people who have a drastically different um, authority because it's, it's always an appeal to authority, right? We appeal to authority. Appeal to heaven, appeal to God, appeal to to his word. So if you can find it in God's word and do it in a way that is not trying to control other people, it's not trying to uh, change and and manipulate other people's actions. It's just like, hey, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why I think what I think. This is why I am who I am is because, you know, hopefully, I mean, for, for a lot of us, like, you know, I used to believe in the whole, like, oh, I'm a sinner saved by grace, brother. I'm just a wretch. I'm just an orphan. And it took someone preaching to me God's word. And again, I don't want to use the word preaching, explaining, explaining to me God's word of like, actually, you know, Jesus said about himself that he's the king of kings. It's like, yeah, he did. I agree. So who are the kings that he's king of? And it's like, wow, wow. You know, and it's like God said that he's a good father who... Who are the who are the sons that he's the good father of? And I was like, whoa! You know, we come so far; our Overton windows just keep stretching, right? Because because the authority that we're appealing to is agreeable to us, you know. And so right now, like I'm really digging deep, you know, this last couple of weeks into the life of Saul and David and Jonathan, and it starts to shift. You know, you look at David's life, and you're like, there are some things here that that the window wouldn't accept. And so I need, to, I need to be like, am I someone who trusts God? Am I someone who trusts God's word? Or am I someone who bows down and agrees to the frame, the liberal pop culture frame? You know, so so I would say that with, with changing the window, it has to do with our own lives, with being confident, with not apologizing, with not folding. That's it, don't fold. You know, if, if someone challenges you on something and you fold, the window stays the same. But if you don't fold, and maybe they don't fold, but the window it doesn't you folding doesn't collapse the window. It's like, okay, this guy's peg has stood. So the window maybe widens, you know, and a lot of people, we repeat what we hear. We repeat what we see. And so if you're just constantly, you're, you're not backing down, you're not folding, you're doing it in a wholesome way, in a respectful way, in a way that doesn't make people uh, angry at you or, um, feel controlled or manipulated. So like, Hey, I'm just putting it out there. Just something to think on. Um, you know, and, I think it's just a—it's a—we're constantly mulling over seeds that are planted uh, from a higher authority. DVG, regular Old Testament Jews only heard the Bible read once a year; otherwise, only the priests and later one national leader, or the king, was supposed to. Not other leaders, etc. Not normal dudes—they were busy farming and having kids. Uh, we aren't called to be Bible scholars if that isn't our domain. Exactly, you know, and that's it—to take that pressure off of ourselves. You know, to take that, I think it is good to to get in the word for ourselves because we have access to it, but to not feel this crazy shame and guilt for like, you mean you haven't uh read systematic theology and you haven't uh read through the Bible four times this year, and you haven't made your own commentary and you haven't cross-referenced every single Hebrew and Greek uh translation? It's like, no, I haven't. And there's no there's no yeah, exactly that. There's no shame in it because it's like what did every Christian do who never had a Bible for their whole life? Were they in sin? Were they less than? It's like no, they they had to, they had to trust, and that's why it says there's a higher accountability on teachers of the word, right? Because teachers of the word are going to be judged uh, for did they teach men their identity? Did you teach men that they were cursed, or did you teach men that they were blessed? Did you teach men that they were wretches, or did you teach them that they were sun kings? You know, there's going to be a higher accountability. Uh, And it says that about fathers and children, right? It says, if any of you lead these children astray, it's talking about fathers, teachers, coaches. We have this incredible chance to teach right identity that once they grow up, will never leave them. You know, if you get nothing else from the Bible, except that Jesus Christ's blood makes you clean, makes you a son and makes you a king, then it's like you've succeeded. Like that's all you need to hit on uh, for the rest of your life, follow clean conscience and be in fellowship with other men who are um, following clean conscience and who believe the same thing. And it's like, man, that would be amazing. Righty, Praise God, brothers. It's been a good, it's been a good afternoon. Psalm 37. Uh, go read it and um, have a lovely evening. Clean out your news feeds. Every time someone puts outrage porn or fold, fear fold porn into your, your timeline. Uh, unfollow, block. Uh, it's not worth it, chaps. It's not worth being demoralized. It's not worth blackpilling over things that are scales of magnitude outside of your local control. So, praise God. Yeah, I appreciate you guys in the chat. See you all tomorrow.